Hello and welcome to the Menfulness Podcast. I'm Sam Watling. Thank you so much for being on board with us today as we continue to look for a better way to understand each other, to learn new ways to heal ourselves and to try and figure out what does it even really mean to be a man right now anyway. If you're going through something right now, then there's absolutely no shame in that. Most of us are whether we know how to articulate it or not. So please do get in touch and let us know how you're doing and what it is you're going through. And if you're in York, maybe we can help you more directly. We've got access to events, online spaces, and even funded counselling sessions if that's something that you need. So have a look at menfulness.org or book onto something via meetup.com forward slash menfulness. A bit of feedback now from our last episode with Professor Paul Galdus. This is from Leela. I've been listening to your podcast on my drive to work and I'm halfway through the episode with Paul Galdus. It's the most inspiring one yet. I'm so keen to get trained up in the BAM technique and roll it out to my students at school. I think the idea of doing something and then seeing what happens would be way more appealing to young people than let's have a think about stuff. I wonder if that's something that might be possible. Anyway, I love it. What a great thing to promote on the podcast. Thank you, Leela. Always sending such kind words and I love that I get to join you on your commute. And yes, we will definitely put you in touch with Paul ASAP. So thank you. Did you hear the episode with Paul Galdus? It's an amazing conversation where we learn about his fascinating research into behavioural activation, as well as a lifetime trying to help men access healthcare and mental health support. Listen now everywhere, but probably easiest wherever you found this episode. So are you enjoying this podcast? If so, then please hit that notification bell on YouTube right now or give us a follow on Spotify. Basically, wherever you're finding us right now, if you give us some love, that will help more people see this podcast. I try and get one of these episodes out every couple of weeks if I can. And I would love to hear from you if you'd like to come on here or perhaps you know someone who'd be a brilliant guest. So please get in touch via menfulness.org. So on to today's episode. He's finally here. Simon Long joins us. He's a menfulness expert really. He's been to pretty much all of our events, runs a few himself, and he's just an all-round lovely bloke. It didn't feel like it, but it turned into such a long one, we decided to split it in half. So this first episode is going to be great if you're interested in what we do, what our events are like, or how to get involved, as well as getting to know Simon a little bit too. Trigger warnings, we do talk briefly about suicide later on in the conversation, but we also hear a bit about Simon's experiences and learn about how he's now training to help others who are struggling too. It's a brilliant chat with an exceptional volunteer, friend and genuinely good egg. So without further ado, here he is. It's Simon Long. Simon Long, how are you, my friend? Good evening. I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for being here, brother. Thank you for allowing me in, uh, in your man cave. Oh, you're very, very welcome. It's been a long time coming, I think. Um, how are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm glad I'm here. You've got a big smile on your face. You've got Thanks. the Menfulness merch on. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, for those who don't know you already, which I'll be honest, most of our listeners, I would say, are Menfulness members, and I would be surprised if any hadn't met you yet, because you're at everything. Um you run our weekly footy on a Wednesday night, Wednesday is that right? Night, Still yeah. doing that. Um, you run our breakfast club. You've <clears throat> been on the 10K with us. You've been on fundraisers. You will get into all of the stuff that you do, I've no doubt. But um, just you're a massive integral part of mindfulness. Um, and, and so we wouldn't be where we are without you, mate. So thank you so much for everything you do. And thank you for your time today. Thank you. So how, why mindfulness? How did you get involved? How did you come to be here? Well, I was proper 
early days of back to Yorkie Dad's yeah. uh, breakfast. Uh, not oh, it was Breakfast Club at Lidget Grove. Uh, because I'm a son, every other weekend I wasn't there every month. Yeah. Um, and there was Lego Club as well, so I went to that, and it was just an opportunity on a Saturday morning for a couple of hours. Back then. I'd saw it more of an activity for my son to do than interacting and socialising with other guys. Well, how long ago was that then? Lego Club, that's Yorkie Dad's days. at least days. five years, yeah. five or six years. Right. How did you come across that then? Where did you hear about um, it? I think it was through Facebook. Right. Um, I'd come out of a relationship and it was kind of setting up new in York, back at where I was living. And you'd, um, go, you'd go along, play with Lego. So go along, play with Lego, just Have bec- a and... because he can do it and he can make a mess. It was in a, a library... Oh, yeah. In Acom, so on on the one hand it was excitable kids, on the other hand it's overpowering dads who just tell him <laughs> to keep quiet. How they combine those two, I'm not too sure. Um, and then we relocated above a cafe, and they were it was a community cafe in Acom. Oh yeah. And they offered us free coffee, free bacon sandwiches, so that oh, was a no brainer. And surprisingly, a lot more people came to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can give them food, and they will come. Yeah. Funny, funny that. Um, and then Lidget Grow, I think. I kind of got into that, and then I'm sure lockdown happened, like with most things, so that ended. Um, but at the same point, I was also going to Dads v Dads, which wasn't a Yorkie Dads-based thing, but I think they were promoting it. Um, and that was like a, a game of football over at Manor School, seven-a-side pitch. But it, it, as much as I wasn't great at football, there was a lot more that were... And then he started playing 11-a-side against each other when oh, it was God. on a 7-a-side pitch. Got very little of the ball. I mean, you could go to a game and come back and not say anything to a soul. So, I mean, I think Jack... I do remember seeing Jack because he was quite obviously quite ominous in the middle of the pitch. And I got chatting with him. And I think that's possibly where we connected from. Um, and then it was, I think, Joe Gardham Oh yeah, Social Vision. He, yeah, he's yeah. the one that originally started it for York. And then I think it developed into more of looking for something social. And he yeah. set up, the or wanted to set up like social circuits. Yes. And then doing a branch off from Dads v Dads and doing the football. So I had a conversation with him of setting something a bit more up, um, of being a host and being more social and interactive. Yeah. Yeah, Still having yeah. a game of football, but yeah, yeah. a bit more... Like, as I say, social. Yeah, well, I met you at social circuits, I think. I think yeah. that might have been the first time I met you. Yeah. Because you were there right from the start of that as well, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, was... I was on the music, choosing a playlist of <laughs> of tunes. And like, and it was good because you got little comments of, oh, I haven't heard this for ages. Or, <laughs> yeah. And like it was like some 80s or 90s throwback yeah. and like taking people back there. And <laughs> it was good. was good. It was good. Yeah, it picked, it picked up the atmosphere. I mean, because sometimes it was... We're sweating. It's raining. We're in a car park. Yeah, it's like but actually, we've got that one solitary light which the, didn't like where yeah, we were. <laughs> but the right tune yeah. changes the yeah, complete ambience, does. doesn't it? Um, but that was a that was a good session, you know. And I think I think that's one thing that we do is we'll give stuff a go, and if it works and people are coming and it's you know it's the right thing for the right time, we'll go for it. But actually, the numbers waned a little bit, and um, we knocked it on the head. And I think that's just how we operate, don't we? Um, but the football. Started off one night. I think it started with a Wednesday, didn't it? And then it that was it. Because again, I uh, mentioned that social circuit. I think it was when Mike was on there one night. I'll possibly Dan and say no. Just it's something in the pipeline. We're in yeah. com- conversation with Rocco, uh, and I think Daz was coming to social circuits at that point as well. Yeah, uh, and had a couple of chats with him. Jack put me in contact. Similar breakup, kids, etc. Yeah. So we had a good chat there, and then 
uh, Mike set up the Wednesday nights, and me and da- between us, we hosted the Wednesday nights. Yeah, and it's it's such a good environment. If anybody's listening, thinking, should I or shouldn't I? Like, I am really terrible at football. And ditto. Yeah. Well, you honestly, <laughs> even though you, I'm hosting it, no, I think you've got some serious skill, mate. And I'm, I don't know if that's because of how often you play or or what, but yeah, I only cut sort of drop in now and again when I can. But I feel like I can do that. Like normally. Like I've I've played five aside before a little bit with some mates and it just got too competitive for me. All that sort of tutting and you know when you miss a shot or you fluff a pass or whatever and you're like oh god that kind of like I feel that's that's the opposite of what I want. It's the you know it's that environment of crunching tackles and people. I just want to go and have a kick about and feel like I can just and that's exactly what enjoy it. Yeah, you don't even really keep. I mean, we're on you. there with like five other pitches being played. And you can hear the tackles going in. You can hear the touch. You can hear the swear words. Yeah. And I'm sure they're on the reverse of that because they hear us laughing. Yeah. What and hear, doing and hear the applause. <laughs> yeah. And hear the and, from the opposition. The, well, yeah. <laughs> and then, but it's just great because from where it was, and, and you see, because I've been there from the start, you see the people from the start and how they developed not just their football skills. Yeah. The communication and how they've gone from kind of head down, look at, oh, I'm so-and-so, and it's my first night. Yeah. And just how they've grown, really. Yeah. Um, so it's good when you're seeing people that have come for the last three or four years and seeing how they change and how they chat. The yeah. good thing about it is that we do have subs, obviously, when it's nicer weather, like we're getting, um, it's an opportunity to take a break if you're not up at full fitness. But then at the sidelines it's encouraged for people not to open up because we haven't got a lot of time yeah but it's just that simple how are you doing what have you, you seen to? for a while yeah what are you up to or where do you come from or yeah. whatever and people I've have not such seen different you down. stories don't they just a conversation there's permission at our events if you want to sometimes you don't need it but you know it's there if you need to go oh, fucking things are not going too well right now there'll be five people even if it's on the walk back to cars or whatever you know, well, so even that... that little bit of time of people talking to you on the way to the pitch, yeah, and people do come to you and ask things, and it, and it's the most um, simplest little things, and like I, I, and this is where I, I, um, I struggle a little bit. I had one occasion where a guy came down, not seen him for a while, mistook him for somebody else. I said, "Oh, I've not seen, I've not seen you before. What's your name? Are you so and so's mate?" And like, uh, no, I think you got me mixed up with somebody else because we've got no friends. I'm like. Uh, and that just like floored yeah, me because I'm yeah. like, I don't know what to say now. Yeah. But he's come to football. Yeah. And then it you kind do of, now, mate. Like, well, exactly. <laughs> and then he's playing with a smile on his face. Yeah. He's chatting with somebody like, yeah, right. Yeah. I don't feel quite so bad now. Yeah. But um, like I say, everybody, everybody's different. And... and what a big thing to come along, being in that position and come along, because sometimes it's the first bit, isn't it? It's the going right. I'm going to football now with a lot of people I don't know just because I've clicked on meet up and I've said I'm going. And yeah. actually, you if you're, you're socially anxious or you're, you know, it's what you need, but you don't know what it's going to be like until you get there. Um, so you do a great job, and I know you welcome people, and you've been doing that for God feels like I think ages three, now. Three, four, have you? Yeah. <laughs> At least and then three we've years. grown that. So um, from Wednesdays it got kind of oversubscribed, so we looked to another night, and because it's got a mixture of people from dads. Um, even a couple of people that are retired through students that are going to university that have come from somewhere else and they just want to socialise with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't want to go out drinking because that's what a concept is. 
and then they'll come there and they don't know. But the amount of people that will come and say, oh, I've not played in ages. Oh, I'm going to be really rusty. Yeah. And now I've turned that on its head. It's like, thank you for telling me that. But if you're one of these guys that are just going to show the rest of us up, yeah. then I'm going to say that Popping to you at the end. shots from like, you and, and I. I'm like, like... And, yeah, <laughs> and they proper score yeah. a worldie. And it's just even you something like bastard. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're off. You've said that at the yeah. beginning. You're bullshitting me just to get in. Yeah, and like the the, the level, the, the skill levels vary massively, but people give you an extra, you know, an extra minute. Like there's some people there that could just wipe the floor with everyone, but they'll pass. They'll, you know, they're it's conscientious football, isn't it? It's great. And it's, it's like when somebody see. goes down a little bit like our uh, mantra of don't man up, speak up. It's like if somebody goes down, you stop. You don't have yeah, to man yeah. up and think, "Oh, yeah. I'm going to get through it." Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've twisted something. I, we I, pick I can't admit that. Check you we just right. stop the game. Yeah, of course. Yeah. People go for, and it's not like everybody's around. Are you all right? It's yeah. just like giving them time. Yeah, yeah. And if they want to go off, they can go off because it's an opportunity. Yeah. If they want an ice pack, we can go and run and get that. Yeah. If they want to go home, which we've had a couple of times, that's we'll, fine. We'll yeah. let somebody go off the pit. It doesn't matter that we've yeah, gone down yeah. in numbers. Yeah, no. Well, it's just more the safety of them, and of and that's a little bit of reassurance. Because yeah. if you do go, because I've been, I've helped out uh, one of my mates who had a six-a-side league there. Oh yeah. And it's a little. It's a well. It's not little. It's a lot different. It's like when I played my first game, I went in for a tackle, or somebody came in like shifted off the ball. And I was waiting for the pause of, oh, sorry, mate. Or just stopping the game, just like, oh, shit, what have I let myself in for? Oh, and then you're like 20 nil down. Oh, my God. And you're like, oh, God. Are you back? can you make it again next year? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> Seven aside pitch, you're just passing it around like a Premier League team. Oh, but God. that's the difference between yeah. people that want to do it. And the, the team that they were in, it was just lads wanting to get together. Yeah, yeah. There was absolutely. no... There was a little bit of um, you want to get better, you want to get playing. fit. Yeah, you you know it's. And I think that's nice is that you get a chance to actually try and get a bit better. I've got no, I can't, I can run on the ball all right, I can pop off a shot all right, but getting the ball and looking up and passing the ball in time before yeah. someone's on me, yeah. I'm terrible at. But they give you a little bit of extra time. It's not like everyone's sliding in from yeah. you know. So. And then if you're in goal. And certain oh, people. I'm diving out the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm honestly the worst keeper ever. I'm like, if I just keep diving out the way, people, someone else will offer to go in. It's fine. Uh... <laughs> I'm terrible in that. In that. Um, but no, I, I love it and I love what you do there. So thank you, man. And I, I, there's so many other things that you've got involved with. I know you did um, the dad's poem. Yeah. Which I'm, we, I still haven't played that on one of these yet. Play so it at the end. Yeah. Wait, we'll be... oh, okay. I'll play at the end. Yeah. yeah good shout. Yeah. Yeah. I, I... I push it. I, it was great to be involved with, but similar because it was in lockdown. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know any of these people. I just know, knew of Jack and knew of Mike and knew of Dan. But all these people that came together just through Matty listening to, or was it listened to or read about the bit about uh, in Lad's Bible about the dad gagging on a nappy? Yeah. Uh, changing a nappy, should I say. Um, and then how that developed. And that's, Brilliant poem. Matt and Kelly it, writes some epic poems, doesn't he? And, and then, so we all got given a line and we repeated it and trying to get Henry involved and he would not want to be involved. And I thought, oh, right, I don't want to push it, but I don't want to also be the only dad that wouldn't. Yeah. Um, and he'd, I, I made a bit of fun of it. We had about eight cuts at it and it, it, it came out all right. And if you do watch it and if you do play it over here, also watch the outtakes. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it's just so funny. And... I mean, I watch it every time, and the bit that gets me every time is when um, George, um, Matty's little boy, says his little bit at the end, and he's just 
oh, it gets yeah. you every time. Oh, that's nice, what man. it says, because you can just see the bond and the love there. Yeah. Uh, no matter how many times you see it. But yeah. And it went viral. Yes, it, it did. It, it needed to, didn't it? In fact, yeah. it, was, it was to oppose that kind of mentality that like, being a dad, say, that oh, dads don't want to do the Another 100,000 people have watched it. I showed my mum and dad, yeah. and they got upset at the bit where... Who's grand there was somebody's grand that read one of the parts of it oh yeah and then that upset my mum and it's just oh. all the words and when you yeah. can listen to it back and like whether it's on father's day yeah or just a moment you listen to it back in the words, they're just brilliant yeah well for every dad where they resent doing the stuff like that you know the little things there's dads like us that are like feel privileged to get to do that yeah um, and so i think it was really you don't see poems like that very often do you no and so, to be involved especially in not on lad well. bible yeah, yeah man no you, you smashed it how, how old's your little boy now 10 henry yeah henry yeah um and so do getting to do something like that together that yeah that's and it. i've still got it's immortalized now isn't it that'll yeah. be there forever for and we both two. look at it and we were giggling through it um and at, at that point i was a good place in my life where watching myself on screen that is who i saw then yeah whereas when i look back it's like oh, i wish i was back there kind of thing all right okay um but yeah just because i was at a good weight and henry um it, it was that turning point of where he didn't want to be involved he was sat off screen and said henry you need to be involved there may have been a little bit of bribery <laughs> some sort there of may like have been a movie or some popcorn <laughs> yeah. or some chocolate <laughs> but but i think it's because I, I i videoed it yeah and it's like there were eight or nine attempts at it. It was just like, we'll just take the best one out of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was just good to be listening to other dads and being part of it and listening to it and what it meant to everybody. Yeah. Um, from just words that somebody put together during lockdown and what's going around their head. And then you can kind of connect to it with whatever phrase it was. Yeah. Uh, and your own, I, I, I'm trying to think of what mine was. Um, but then you listen to like when Jack was speaking and he's got his kids with him. Yeah. And you don't, you don't, you see your mates together. Yeah. But you don't often see them with the kids. Yeah. Where they're just looking up at them. Yeah. And one of the dads, one of his words, just give your child a hug or something like that. Yeah. And then when they came, I know it was scripted, but <laughs> it's just like when they came in for hugging, it's just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? Yeah. That's really nice. But yeah, do watch it. Definitely. Good. And, and you mentioned there in lockdown, we, got the manuals out in lockdown too because it was another way for us to like connect with blokes virtually and you are integral to that so we um we had the whatsapp group where people were sharing about how they were keeping their mental health in a good space um some people were like running some people were using social media some people were sorting their cookery out and stuff like that and we realised that there was an opportunity to create something um, to put all them together, you know, to, and it became the mindfulness manual. It's it's something that that was able to like be specific help to people, but also all of our contacts and um, can, ways to connect with us on the back. Um, and once it was ready, you were just like, "I want to, I want to do that. I want to fund yeah, that." I was thinking today. I'm thinking I can't even remember. I, I wasn't drunk. <laughs> But how I suggested, I'll pay, just get it done and you I'll just pay like, for it. And it but... was out of nowhere either. It wasn't like we were, we weren't even saying, it wasn't, it wasn't we like saying we're, struggling we're looking for we can't money do or it anything. And we can't you were just like, it. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And is there anything that we can do, you know? And so um, that was, you know, that was probably the first time I realized like, whoa, like, you know, how important mindfulness was to you and also how much of mindfulness is, is, 
is the people that are part of Memphis. Do you know what I mean? It's not like other charities where you have the charity and then you have the people that attend or that benefit. It's like we are, we're just five blokes. We can't do everything. But actually, when there's a good idea and other blokes are involved, it grows naturally. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it was pretty humbling to for that to happen. Um so thank you. You know, I mean, it's probably gonna be a lot of thank yous in here, Simon. I hope, hope you're all right with that. It really made Jack just... cringe his face off when I said thank you to him. So I hope you don't mind. No, that's fine. Um, yeah. But that—that that was it. It was more the importance of if if I can, if I can, a little bit of a payback of if I can get this out there. And it's not like oh, I've got a load of. It's just like no, I'll do that. And I think by the time Jack had contacted me to say there's no need to do it, the money was already in the bank account and I wasn't <laughs> withdrawing it. Yeah. Um, so and it's it, helpful then to hear it that it's gone into most, if not all, of uh, GP surgeries in York and people said about it and I distributed it uh, and I still give it out the breakfast clubs because it's just... Hand, just if, still it was, if it was one point out of 20 or if it reached just one person, that's just brilliant. But we're churning them out by the thousands and it's they're everywhere still you know we still take them to all of our events yeah. they're still you know it's an important way for us to connect with people because people can take it away with them it's a it consolidates our ethos which is we're not there to solve your problems there's good there's good advice there's stuff you can do yourself but if you need a network of people to vent to then that's what we're there for so no it, it's um it's huge. And if people want to see what that is and where that is, um, it's menfulness.org. You can go into the support drop down and it's the menfulness manual. Um, what else? What else? You've been involved what in everything. What else after that? Let me just uh, <laughs> think. Uh, been, I don't, uh, I've been on the walk and talk. I've not been involved in it, but that was quite helpful. Again, living on my own and not in my son every weekend. It was like filling that void. Yeah. Because um, leaving the pub um, that I was running with my ex-wife, uh, wife at the time um i did i didn't do anything on a weekend other than work so yeah. any friends that i had i'd by that time moved away yeah how long had you um, been running that pub for then that particular one i think it was about two, just over two years by the right. time i'd left but you'd run pubs prior to that then hadn't you? uh we'd we'd run one together uh working for a couple that had the son in at colton oh yeah um and then that was a white one at wig hill that we ran there right and then it got to a point where it, the rent had just gone up that beyond what we could do to carry yeah. on running it as business. So we offered right. to purchase it and the landlord wasn't ready to sell at the price that we can afford. So right. we looked at something else. Right. Um, and then we found somewhere and, and my dad bankrolled that for us and which was great yeah. because we couldn't have, but then it's um, six months into it is like, right. My dad helped us uh, to invest in it because it was quite a rundown if you imagine like going back to the eighties and nineties and scamping a basket, oh yeah, that's pretty much what we took on, and that's right. pretty much what the menu was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we just had our own ideas of what we wanted to do with it. Um, and it was just good. It was getting our heads together, yeah. something to do with both families together. Yeah, yeah. Um, Henry was only about two at that point, eighteen months, two years old. Right. So still of an age where it didn't affect him that much. Yeah. And you lived above it, did you? You lived there. Lived did you? above it. Yeah. Um, Again, it was it was quite intense because as well as it's a new relationship, me and my wife. Right. We weren't together that long, and then trying to run a pub as well. Yeah, I imagine it's it's a lifestyle, not a job. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it kind of the relationship kind of fizzled out, and um, things happened, yeah. and um, 
I decided to leave at the pub, moved back in with my parents, which is great at mid thirties. That must have been rough, man. Yeah. Um, but it was only for a month because yeah. I, I also had a house that I was renting out and they were actually due to leave. Yeah. They'd already given their notice so I knew right. could go back into the house that I had. Yeah. And then it was kind of, I had nothing, my friends weren't there yeah. and it's just like, what, what do you do yourself? Uh, but I had my son every weekend at that point. Um, and what, so how long ago was this then? When Was this before? Was before that was about COVID? seven years ago, I right, think. Right, okay, yeah. Six or seven years ago. Right. Um, and then I didn't know what to do job-wise because yeah. I'm not really trained for anything. Yeah. I was self-taught in chefing. Right. Uh, the food that we put on, it was just kind of comfort, homely food yeah. that was easy to knock out. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think I got... It was a friend of a friend wanted to set up a, a cleaning business. Yeah. Kind of wanted to take on Molly Maids, wanted to go global. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you needed somebody like that. Uh, so she had her own cleaning business of a sort. Um, and then she said, oh, well, don't you come on board? Why don't you come on board? We got flyers out. We went leaflet drop. Did it, did it. Got clients on. I got clients. She got clients. And then within two months, she decided she didn't want to take on that and go and do something else. Just so, totally different. To- something totally different. Oh God! So you got all with no clients, notice, just a, a conversation over a coffee. <sighs> but but it worked because, um, and McLean, it was very flexible. Yeah. Um, which meant like with summer holidays and uh, extra care for Henry, it meant that I could give clients a bit of a warning. Yeah. Um, take on extra clients when I didn't have him, um, and it worked. Yeah. And you and and working for yourself again similarly. Um, it it really helped myself there with the flexibility of it. Yeah, well, you, it's on your own terms. Yeah. But I guess also that means that there's the stress of it not being like a you know. Yeah. You've, but, when but you're I had, off, our jobs like nine to nine to five. Yeah. Evenings off, and then picked up my son from school on a yeah. Friday. Then I was dad. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And then dropped him off on Monday. Yeah. Um, and then he went off again. And it was just that routine of things, and then months went past and. Yeah, and I'm I'm still kind of doing it now. Yeah, obviously yeah, so with that... lockdown, that knocked all my clients out. Right. Um, and it and in a way it wasn't. I didn't find it too bad because obviously you had the buffer zone of you got your eighty percent wages paid towards you for being self-employed. Yeah. Um, being home alone, absolutely fine for me. It, yeah. it was a little bit of a relief because it gave me an excuse not to go out. Okay, yeah. Um, so I wasn't having to say no or finding other things to do when people invited you. It was like, oh, well, I can't go out. So I actually, bene- I felt I benefited from lockdown. It, w- it was, I think first lockdown, it was quite nice because it was this time of year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was March, glorious April. as well, wasn't it? Um, so it was nice weather. So I was out running. Yeah. Uh, my social bubble was just my mum and dad. That's yeah. fine because that's yeah. all I really chatted with anyway. Yeah. Um, could do stuff at home. I mean, I know it was for weeks, but I generally don't, remember what I was doing I think I just kept because you could do stuff in the garden yeah I could go out running I could go out on my bike yeah I could do plan stuff with Henry at home and we'd we'd do stuff yeah so it wasn't I didn't find it that bad no even going shopping and the fact that it was like one person in and there was a security on the door I was just like if if we can take anything forward please can you limit (laughs) the amount of people that go into supermarket it feels like a lifetime ago already doesn't it yeah um it was only a couple of years but Yeah. yeah And then kind of came out of lockdown, but the people that are working for, the reasons why we're cleaning for them, they have their own businesses. Right. So to benefit them, they could go out to their offices. Of course, And they'd yeah. want somebody to come and clean. And at that point, and a couple of the clients I had, I was also multitasking and cooking for them as well. Right. Oh, right, okay. So like charging them for the 
time it took me to cook it. Yeah. But the benefit of having a clean house and, and they all either finishing school when they've come out of lockdown, yeah. finishing school, um, and then there's a hot meal on the table. So yeah, it's a that's little cool. added bonus. All it, all it takes is a bit of word of mouth of saying, oh, what did you do? Oh, we're on a pub. Oh, or, would you mind if you put... Yeah, you and it was just like shepherd's together. pie yeah, or yeah. Uh, pork skewers or whatever. They'd get the ingredients. That's such a And then idea. I just put it together. That's such a It's like idea. the next level of... Um, gusto or something like that yeah so somebody actually to actually prepare. get it out of the box and cook it <laughs> and you know what like honestly sometimes it's like they're the sort of things that you want aren't they you want someone to come in you want you want to come home and feel you can relax and if the house is clean and the dinner's cooked that's it done you can yeah. enjoy your evening can't you that's such Rather a good idea being man. in the car stuck in traffic going yeah what we're we gonna have for our t- oh, yeah. i can't be asked yeah what should we, oh, we'll just have a takeaway. Yeah, I'll put some in the microwave or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that's that's cool, man. That's yeah. cool. And it's not, not some money offer then, is it? No. I've not heard of it done so before. It was, uh, I did it at a couple of houses and yeah. just, not always, it was just being over-helpful sometimes of like, um, somebody I think had an, a cardo delivery and by the time they dropped the kid off at school, I'd welcome the cardo delivery in, put it away because you're like, I've got a message here to say it's been. Look, I can't find it anywhere. So well, put it away. Uh, it's all the way and done. But yeah, that's just cool. not. That's just yeah. being creepy asking. It's just. Yeah. It's just common sense. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to yeah. clean round eight yeah. or ten bags of food and allow you to do it if you've got me there to clean. Yeah. I can stay on, on extra and clean and, and just just diversifying coming out of lockdown and what other yeah. things. So I've really only been part time doing it, and then one of my clients uh, that I've cleaned for for about six years, uh, she has a guest house, um, so I work three mornings a week there and that's, that's really good. helped because the one thing even prior to lockdown of cleaning houses when you've got stuff going around your head yeah. it's a very lonely job yeah because you're going into the house and if you've got stuff going around your head not that you necessarily want to offload but just having that chat of what have you done today what did you do last week what did you do with henry a just having a conversation rather than your head's yeah. all consumed of going into the house and you and you've had a nasty message or something, and just like what can you're I do on with your this? Own. I just want to get out of the house. Yeah. Um. So in that respect, it was it it was good. Yeah. So well, can we give and a then shout out to... to your cleaning business? What's the name of it? Uh, it's Long to Clean. Long to Clean, and you've got what Facebook, Instagram? Uh, what? No, it's not none of that because um, I don't technically want to do it anymore. All oh, right. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. <laughs> Let's not shout it out. Let's not. Thanks shout for these. <laughs> thanks for the thought there, Sam. But yeah, I want to kind of get out of cleaning. So right. I, I've got. Four clients on at the minute, plus I'm doing the guest house. And the, the reason for doing that is you're face-to-face with people. Right. And because I'm there three days a week, if people are in two or three days, what are you doing in your... How do you get on? What wedges do you go? And just being social, which prior to working in the pub, because my wife at the time worked front of house and I worked back of house in the kitchen. Right. I've always been in hospitality in like a management role, front-facing. So you've been used to and talking it, to people. Yeah, and, and then yeah. as soon as... And I felt myself, even back then, I know we're backtracking, but going back into the gig uh, when I was working in the kitchen, after about a year, I kind of self-diagnosed myself with um, depression. Right. And I think it was that fact of you're out front and then suddenly, even though you're part of a team, you're working on site with your wife, your son's there, you're working amongst people. It it was, you didn't really notice it, but it's just like things that crop up in social media. You think, yeah, I think I've got that. And And I took myself off to the doctors and they confirmed it because... But then that's with the NHS. They go through a tick list. Have you any suicidal thoughts? Um, how are you feeling? Um, and then you give a tick list of one to five. Yeah. And then if you get a certain amount of points, it's like, oh, if you it's between it. 15 and 20, oh, you have depression. Right. 20 to 25, you've got to, right, we'll refer you to here or whatever. 
Yeah. Uh, and at that point, you're having um, being referred, but you're on a waiting list. Yeah. And it can and be quite a long they, time. They were quite it? happy to give me um, antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I suppose they did work. But yeah. even to a point, it's just like, right, I don't want, I don't want to live off them. Right. Uh, and just kind of came off them by myself. Right. Um, so did did they work to the point that you felt like you could come off them? Or I th- was it I just think, that you were... I think so. And, and the fact of going every time and paying you some, um, your prescription and just like, are they doing anything for me? What what do I do without them? Yeah. Um, and even to a point, and I do remember my sister-in-law saying at the time, said, or when I think I'd come off them or yeah. I'd been diagnosed with a depression... The kind of oh, the, and it was flippant, and I've never said it to her, but it's just like they want the un- the old uncle side back. Oh right. And it's just like, and thinking back to there, like, well, that was uncle side was on antidepressants. Right. That was making him happy, and and because I was on it for a long time, I, I was, I suppose, a different person. Right. And then when I kind of came off, and that is just me normal. Yeah. And it hit me hard in a little bit of a way because it's just like. How do I get that back? Right. And then it was really weird because at uh, Christmas just gone, we all went out as a family. And she said at the time, and I wish I'd have said something to her at the time, she said, Oh, that, what a lovely day. It's just like having an old Uncle Cy back. <sighs> and that's through nothing. That's just through me being happy in my life, us being doing something to a family is together. Yeah. And it was unprovoked. I've not said, do you know, I, I can't wait until you say that to me again. Yeah. It was just, it came out naturally and just yeah. left. I wouldn't say it, um, it didn't upset me. It was kind of, wow, I've done, that's me. It's, it's an achievement in a way. And when delivered in a way that's not with any sort of intention behind yeah. it, it's just feedback. And mate, you, you know, it sounds like you've been through it. I mean, COVID and the way that it changed everyone's lives was enough to put people through it. And, and you've also had complete you know a change in your relationship uh, an empty relationship a changed relationship with your son and a complete change of job and you know you've been through some of the most stressful things you can go through all at the same time yeah like it's no, it's no wonder you you know had an, ex- an experience as a result of it which is great to have gone through that and you to have like summarize that where would i be if i didn't have going to football yeah going to lego club having a whatsapp group going yeah. on facebook and then you think, and that's like similar with the uh, manual. Yeah. If I can, if one other people, one other person's out there similarly, yeah. it's just like, if I can pass that on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the sort of bloke that you are, mate. And it's, it's, it comes, it shines through you. Like, honestly, the, the first time you meet you, it's obvious that you care about people. Every time somebody new comes along, you've always got a word of encouragement. Um, I sh- you know, I get a bit emotional thinking about it. And Jack, Jack was the same earlier when he was sending me a message saying, "You've got Simon on." Just honestly, like he just—I you know, know you get you and him are close, I know. But he, he was like, "He's just one of them guys. He's just a good egg." And he—he, he, I could hear him getting choked up as well. So we love you, man, and um, <laughs> and we're so grateful to have you. But that you can offer that from somewhere that's been must have been so rough for you, mate. Yeah. You know, you were going through that at the time that I met you and, and, and COVID must have, must have been a real stinger because suddenly everything's changed and then you're on your own. Like you say, you, you've got your parents as your, your bubble. Um, but, but then because they were my bubble yeah. and things were going on, I, I could only feel I could share with them, Yeah, which I'm not going into what it was, but it would upset them. I was going to say there's a and limit to what you can And then it's on a knock-on effect and yeah. then it's like, 
right, I don't want to share with them, yeah. but I can't share with anybody else, so I get upset. <sighs> and then it was like messages and things, and even to the point, again, of um, recognising now that I was having panic attacks over certain messages that came through, the fact that I was sh- physically shaking. Yeah. Um, didn't know what it was at the time, because I'd often get messages and like, I could feel my anxiety and feel my blood rushing. It's just like, oh, what do I do? And at one point, I was meant to go over to my parents and said, Dad, can you just come over here? He said, why? I said, I, I can't sit still. Yeah. I can't leave the house. I can't yeah. drive. I just yeah, need you yeah. to come over here now. That's good you can I just felt quite vulnerable that. Yeah. at that time of having yeah. to ask your parents. Oh, man, absolutely. But thank God you did, because I know a lot of blokes won't. Well, they, they wouldn't have had that outlet. They won't ask anyone. They won't they'd do like, that. They'd have just like, let it run by them whether it'd take an hour or two yeah or find a, a different kind of coping mechanism just kind of brush it off yeah i think the first time i th- noticed it was well i noticed that it went from bit realizing in social situations that instead of being like um present like me and you are now having a conversation i was like up in my head thinking what am I going to say next? What's he thinking about me? Why yeah. am I? All of a sudden, like, I was so self-conscious. I've always been, my inner critic's always been loud, but I've always had ways to put him back in his box, you know what I mean? Whereas it felt like he's out there and he's he's in my head and he's, he's governing my experience. So then I would start to dread when I was going to be in social situations because mm. I knew how I, what my mind would do. And then it was like, it was that, like, it was racing high. It was pa- it was panic, you know. But at the time, it was like, a, I don't know what it is, but I know I don't want to feel it. Yeah. And so I'd do everything to avoid it. Um, and, and that worked for a little bit. But I suppose with what you're talking about, like, you couldn't avoid that. You have to be in contact. You have to. Um, that must have been really tough to not be able to escape that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like relentless. Yeah. It wasn't relentless having the panic attacks. It was relentless of the messages I was getting and, and how I deal with them um, and how I just didn't deal with them. And yeah. then it's just like stuck up in your head. Yeah. And then it's stuck up in your head. You go to work. You're not seeing anybody because you're in people's houses. Yeah. So you're working for eight hours. It distracts you. And I've, I've got music. I mean, if I didn't have music like in my earpods and it's just like, it was just like deathly silence. Yeah. You and need then it's just escape, like be really bored. But I really enjoyed doing the cleaning because yes. it like got you out of the house. And for the times you did see your clients and it was quite bubbly and you'd chat, catch up with them, what you're doing on holiday. And it was good, but it was just those times when you yeah. wanted to, not necessarily offload, yeah. but just have a conversation with somebody. Because when you leave the house and you don't see your son for five days, because even when he went like, went back to school, I, di- I didn't even consider when I left the pub that I wouldn't, there was no tick list, there was nothing, oh, I'll go and Google and what happens when you leave a house and leave yeah. a relationship of what the procedure is. You just did what was right at yeah. the time. Yeah, and it's and just then... a little, and it's still a little bit now, seven years on, it's a little bit of a grieving process of when yeah. he goes back to school because you suddenly, you're a dad for a weekend yeah, and then you suddenly, you're a single person running a business and yeah. you're trying to do other things and you're, you're running that and then uh, as we've got a dog in lockdown, so you it's like you've got to let that out every three or four hours. Yeah. And there are distractions there, but yeah. still underlying that is the fact that I don't see him as often as I should. Yeah. Um, that must be really tough, man. It is really. Yeah. Because I didn't set out to be a single dad. No. Um, going into it. But I just made the most of it and just seeing his smile and how he develops and the certain things he says and how he cuddles up on his sofa without him to ask. 
the way you talk and, about him and I, and I know how proud you are of him yeah and uh, I know how proud he'll be of you that's just it's a beautiful thing but yeah I, I can't we just had parents evening and talking to the teacher and he's only in a small school so there's only five in his class and it's just like he can not necessarily one-to-one attention but he has changed and he's really mature I mean, he's only 10 yeah but the things he comes out with and the phrases and the things he's into and he watches these grown-up kids that are 20 acting like the 12 on these youtube channels <laughs> and he, want, he wants to kind of be like that oh, all, all these youtubers oh it's and he'll mad watch now, that. Isn't it? so when watch. it comes to me because there's only one telly and there's only us two yeah it's henry's time yeah I, the, the, we very rarely watch normal telly. you'll watch what he wants to yeah. watch but then we'll watch it and then we'll reenact it yeah. or something so like he was watching one and like it was the day before april fool's day and he's like and he could see a look in his eyes as to say I'm we gonna, could do that we could get someone yeah <laughs> Um, but no, it's just brilliant when he's with me, um, and doing our things together. And we, it's not all that structured. It's just like, what do you want to do? Yeah. And when I don't see him, we do. And it only happened, I think be, about six months into lockdown, we had, vi- we had video calls every other day. So it's not like I don't see him. Yeah. Yes. I don't physically have him in my arms or yeah. in my presence or in the house or out to tea or anything, but we have a video call and. That's we, good, we did man. start with just phone calls, but just seeing him. Yeah. And he can show me stuff and he's really into his guitar playing. Yeah. So he can oh, show me what good. he's practiced on that. Or I say, what's happening? At your house? Just show me out the window. Or... Yeah. And then he'll say something like, oh, well, I saw so and so on Google. I'll, say, I'll have a look when I come off. No, you can have a look now. What are you on with me, Dad? Yeah. I'm like, how do I do that? My 10 year old son is telling me how to, how to oh, do that's it. It's just so... going to get worse and worse, well, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> You'll soon be asking him how to work the DVD player. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing, mate. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with me, dude. Um, I'm looking down at my list of other things that you've been involved with. This is a big list, mate. Um, the 10K, you um, ran with us. Yeah. You fundraised with us. Uh, and you, the end of it, I, I don't even know where to begin with this because it would just, <laughs> it blew, I think it blew all of our minds. But I know Jack really wanted me to sort of shout out about it because... Um, would you want to explain what you did for Jack? Are you happy to do that? Or would you rather me do it? I'm happy. You can because I'm getting a bit emo- <laughs> I'm getting a bit emotional about thinking about it. No, so you, okay. I'll, well, I'll, I'll explain in. it. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Um, so Jack, for those who haven't listened, you can go back and listen to Jack's the first podcast we did. But Jack's daughter Poppy has um, epilepsy and cerebral palsy, um, and and you know Jack's she's the you know the light of Jack's life and the um, having being able to have him her crossed the line with him at the york 10k surrounded by his family and the memphis team blew his mind and that was organized by you that was done aside from everything else we were already going as a team um and we were rocking up we had a cheer station we were all menfulness up you had poppy badges printed for us all so we could all wear poppy on our chests as well you'd spoken to the the I spoke to the organisers, spoken it... to Rose, because I didn't want yeah. to do it, because yeah. I don't know how, I didn't want to trigger anything in of Rose. Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, not in Rose, sorry, I didn't want to trigger anything in Poppy. Yeah. Also with the organisers, because I didn't know how it would work, whether we'd all finish together as 20, but bearing in mind, after two minutes of setting off, everybody was going at different times. Yeah. But there was no, pl- it was just like, it, and I said, I pulled the guys to one side, and I just said, look, this is what I'm, wanting to do yeah and even then i knew how emotional it would be for jack yeah but i felt quite um 
positive in myself that I was able to say without getting upset. Yeah. I'm just saying, look, when you cross the finish line, if you can all put these on, yeah. anybody there, if you've already finished, just come back round um, and I'm going to pick up Rose, so, uh, Poppy and Henry, his son yeah. as well, obviously at the time. And if I can do it. And so I was visualising I need to be that far ahead of Jack, wherever yeah. he started, because I know he damaged his, t- I think he'd ripped his nail off yeah. or damaged it yeah, the night before. Fun. So I'm thinking, oh, but then I think Rose and his mum were just going to push him to yeah, be able yeah, to do it regardless. <laughs> yeah. So I'd never met Rose. Yeah. Um, and I pointed, because then I had to contact the organisers because I didn't want... We had to come onto the, the route. Well, yeah, because I had to ask them if it was all right to do because obviously health and safety and safeguarding of somebody being in a wheelchair, hopefully she would not need to be in a wheelchair, but we didn't know what circumstances. And yeah. we, I didn't want to cause a bottleneck, which of would course. then cause another injury. Yeah. But the organisers couldn't have been kind enough. Managed to meet Rose. Didn't know how far Jack was behind me. And literally, I'd run to the finish. I'd seen Rose, saw uh, Poppy and Henry. I said, right, I'll just go to the finish. I mean, I'd just run 10K. So I'm like, I'll just run to the finish. <laughs> so I went to the finish, got my goodie bag, run back to where they were stood, had a brief conversation. And then Jack and whoever, I can't remember who he was running with at the time, were there. And then again, it wasn't emotional at the time, yeah, because it was just like I want to do this. This is the thing we're going to do, and I don't know, I I don't know, I wasn't wanting it for any kind of recognition. No, but I think I think it It was was the the fact that Jack Jack's running top, he had is it Poppy's trust, yeah, and he was running for that, and I just didn't want him to run it alone, yeah, and I wanted all to do it, yeah. Um, so we finished, and I think there was about six or eight of us, and you could hear the other guys that had finished, and he could, and I'm getting goosebumps now of remembering people shout go on poppy go on jack and then getting to the end and then you could see the pictures and it was just great yeah. and i was just thankful that it didn't trigger anything no and this and there is one picture where all th- there's jack poppy and henry massive smiles oh, on the man. face it was something special to watch that yeah. happen and i know it meant the world to jack and to rose and it will mean the world to, to henry and poppy as well you know from them being able to do that with dad and just it was a special day anyway wasn't it but that just was just the icing on the cake mate and so i know you wanted me to thank you for that publicly because it was something real real special to behold i mean um, it, it may have been underlying because I, I did the uh, i've done the great north run yeah six times <laughs> yeah and i had a couple of times where i had henry at the finish right and i was looking out for him and it's just that little burst of yeah. pride of You've just done 13 miles and you're yeah. just doing that last little, that little bit. You get a little high five and hi, dad, or something like that. Yeah. And it just it just really does spur you on. Yeah. No, I can imagine, man. I can imagine. It, it's just, it's a, it, it was having sort of, well, there was 30 of us, wasn't yeah. there? There was 38, actually, I think, of us. So having so many mindfulness there, having so many, it was like a, I think the first time we did an organised event all together that wasn't organised by us. Yeah. But we were all showed up in our T-shirts and we were all running at each other's pace and it was just, yeah, I'm looking forward to this year's 10K again, you know, to do it all again. I hope you'll join us. Yes, definitely. Um, My name's down already. Excellent. Um, But yes, and I'm not sure, is Jack still, are they still um, fundraising on Poppy's Trust? Because if they are... I'll put something yeah, in right I'm not here 100%, about how to check, um, yeah. about how to donate to Poppy's Trust, um, and I'm going to come on to the Breakfast Club, but I just wondered: is there anything else before we do? I mean, we'll also talk about what you've accessed and what mindfulness means to you afterwards. Yeah, but um, is there any other bits and bobs that you've been involved with before? We t- I want to finish on Breakfast Club. 
Um, no, uh, it was kind of at the beginning of doing the Knights group. I yes. kind of came in at the January, February when you'd already, I think you were doing it off uh, online, weren't you? Oh, yes. So the Knights Menfulness sessions that yeah, were the monthly Monday, Monday Mondays, sessions. Yeah. You've been involved in those right from the start as well then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, just, I mean, I, I think when I originally started going, there was about 12 of us in the room. So you can kind of, you kind of caught up with everybody and you got yeah. around to go the room with everybody. Yeah. And I still can't put my finger on the feeling of when you come away of whether you've shared, whether you've listened. It's just listening to other people and what shit they've gone through or not shit, just life. Yeah. Getting in the way of, of how they dealt with it. And it's just kind of life affirming, just like, right, whatever they've got going on. And certain, I'm not going to name people's names, but certain things that have cropped up and you're like, wow. Yeah, oh man. Whatever I've been through, and as you said, it's, it's been through quite a lot, you just think, well, I'm thankful that I've got a house. Yeah. I've got Henry. Yeah, not all the time, but I make the most of it when he's with me. Um, and I've got a job. And then you hear about these other people and how they don't have access to their kids or yeah. how bad they have had it. Yeah. And that this is their first visit out. And But then you get guys that sit there and don't share. But when yeah. you first go... And you don't get the understanding. It's like, well, why have you come? Why have you just come to listen? What's that all about? But then those people like do say, or they'll go in the WhatsApp group and say, I'm just not quite ready to share yeah. yet. Because they don't know how. And they don't know what they want to share. And maybe just listening to what other people are saying, that's yeah. enough for them. And it, I think it takes everybody, everyone's diff, got a different speed at which they want to want to share, yeah. if ever. Um and I think that that's, we don't, it's not like we sit in a circle and go, right, you're next. Yeah. And you have to stand up and stand go, up hi, I'm Sam and I've from, got social anxiety yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's like, if you want to sit quietly and just listen to the experience of others, there's likely to be an overlap. I mean, I've said it a few times on here, but everybody's situation is different, but the depths that some of us will get to or that we'll let ourselves get to before we'll ask for help or stick our hands up or whatever we're, we a lot of us have that in common um and I, I think that's the real power of that event like it's not for everyone and it, it some people have to come to some other stuff first you know some people have come to the retro gaming night a few times and been like i, I can do this yeah. and actually it's like it's like full on we're sat around there's no escaping what people have been through there's no take a deep breath and get back to the PlayStation or, or, or carry on walking or move. You know, you sat there and you, you, you validate in these other blokes, some of which have taken a huge step yeah, by just yeah, coming definitely. through the door. And then when they open their mouths and you're like, yeah, it does. It Sometimes it puts your own problems into perspective. Sometimes you align perfectly with someone else's experience and it's like, oh, me too. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's like, and that's I, just I, enough. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, and that is mind blowing, isn't it? Um, I'd recommend everybody try it. Um, because it's worth a go. It might and be... it's sharing with these people, and it's it, you're talking about things that you can't even share with your partner or your um, friends because you're not in that... Because generally with friends, you go out and it's just like you talk about football or you talk about your relationship. You don't talk about... You go deeper. A but lot, it's a giving lot. these people yeah. an outlet that they don't want to necessarily go... They don't feel in a place where they can go for counselling yeah. or therapy or mediation of things that are out there, but just opening up in a group of men yeah, and again, some of the subjects that are touched on, it's like wow. Yeah, and sometimes it's practice, isn't it? Because sometimes it's like, right, I'm going to have to have this conversation with yeah. my partner yeah. or my parents or my loved ones. But actually, I hadn't ever done it before, and I don't want to go and then just, yeah. you know, mind explode. Yeah. yeah, you just don't. Sometimes you stop. You know, I didn't talk to my friend. I'm lucky to have a group of friends that 
that I can talk to about anything and that do that are, that are not sort of bravado and masculine. It's the if anything, it's the opposite. You know, we're we're all very very loved up, and I think that that if anything made it harder for me because I'm like, why do I feel like this around my friends? You know, they're all such wonderful human beings who have nothing but love for me, and I, and yet I feel I'm physically fearful of spending time with them mm. you know certainly in large groups and it's like i can't stand there and go guys i know you're all having a good time but right now i'm really not having yeah. a good time yeah oh right i felt like fun bob you know our yeah. friends like oh god here he is yes. here he is and it's like and it's a bit of an insult like oh yeah you know you're it's not like you're making me feel this way i just can't help it so i think for some people it's like it gives them an outlet where they can practice and go i've said it wrong and it didn't work but no one's no one's checking. No one's bothered. It doesn't. It's not that no one's bothered. It's that you you can't burden people who aren't there to take your mm. to take the strain of your problem. So it's a different type of relationship altogether, isn't it? Safe, secure, confidential, but not taking it on. Just listening and being there. Um, and you can just be yourself as well, because again, like with me with my mates, I'll try and not burden them with what's going on with me, yeah. and it's sometimes physically exhausting to paint that smile on your face, whether it's with your friends or with your family, everything going, oh yeah, everything's fine, or you're having a laugh. Yeah. Then you get home, shut the doors, you're on your own, you're just like, Whew. Yeah. Yeah, do you I feel you feel that way then? That. You yeah. feel that kind of mask wearing yeah. sometimes. But then yeah. I have good days where I, I, I go home and think, oh, that, that wasn't forced. That yeah. was natural yeah. laughter. That was natural of a chat. Even like with mindfulness, uh, with the talk group last night, you came away and you think, oh, and it, there wasn't anything too in depth, but it was just like, if I didn't have gone, yeah. I'd have been home for three hours. Yeah. And I wouldn't have achieved anything. But there was two or three, in, I didn't share particularly anything because I'd sometimes I prefer if there's some new, there was like a couple of new guys there, I want to give them the time. I mean, there's a couple of guys there and a couple of guys are new and they shared things. It's just like, and it's, it's going back to, and I've changed a lot in the last six months since I've done the mental health first aid course. Yeah. And the non being understanding of not being non-judgmental yeah of anybody that's put in front of you you just don't know what they go through yeah you can paint a little picture um and then like those guys that come through the door you're like what do you think like if they're fit and they've got everything going on yeah. and the the coming like with a peacock tail and they're kind of pushing that everything's okay and then after an hour they break down you're like yeah wow you just don't know what people you have got know. going on no i like a couple of things shared last night and it, it's people that i knew it's like wow i thought yeah. this of you yeah and now i think this of you because you just shared yeah. that yeah yeah absolutely and then, then it then it and it's not a battle with myself it's just like you and it just reaffirms that non-judgmental yeah. of yeah. you just don't know what the, the what these people are going through and it just gives them that outlet yeah and you could perceive all these people that are on whatsapp and they do this for a job or they have three kids and then some people might put oh or not necessarily in the group but you hear Oh, I could do really could do without a weekend without my wife or without my kids. Oh, it was really and just like I, I'd love that. You want a weekend, but you're with, actually yeah. benefit. You're actually it. yeah, yeah. I'd love to be in that position. Well, yeah. not to be in a position where I'm in a relationship, yeah, and I'm wanting not to be in it and not wanting to see my kids because it's just too exhausting. Yeah. I'd rather be doing this, yeah. But that's it. Everybody's different. Yeah, everyone's stresses are different. It's a great leveler as well, isn't it? Mental health challenge and. Um, and mindfulness, I would say, in itself as well, is that like you'll be talking to, you can be talking to someone for 
for ages at an event or whatever, and then realised that they're a CEO or yeah. that they're you know that that they're that they're really wealthy or whatever it might be, and you're like, all right, and you just it isn't normally when you meet someone new it's like oh you know how are you what do you do where often it's where how are you and you don't normally mean yeah. it and then what do you do and it doesn't really matter what someone does in the no. grand scheme of things does it, it but it tends to be those sorts of questions that we just throw out there um whereas at mindfulness they seem to come later on don't they yeah we get the real stuff out of the way first and then you find out later what people do or or but then oh, it, it's are. just a common ground because again, like one guy that shared last night, and he's the the money that he's dealing with in his business of finance, and uh, things he's put forward for, and what he earns. Not he didn't say what he earns, but it's just like, wow. Yeah. But you're still That's here, stressful. sat yeah. in front of me yeah. because you've not necessarily got issues, but you want to share, or you you want to find an hour or hour or two out of your time where you want to share. Yeah with other people or just yeah. listen to other people because you yeah. need that no matter what money you've got we're all exactly we're all kind of equal on that part it's just how people deal with it in different yeah. ways that's what I, that's what i love about that group um and if you want to know more about it then it's uh every first monday of the month unless there's a bank holiday and you can book on via meetup um, but it's um it's at the community stadium facilitated by the york city knights who have just been incredible mm. throughout we've had you know but Brendan O'Hagan is one of our ambassadors who just who gets it, you know. And you and like we were saying before, like professional athletes at the top of the game playing, you know, professional rugby can get hit by it and can learn how to talk about it in that sort of masculine environment. Then anyone, anyone can, you know. Um, and he so, wasn't just endorsing it; he, he came to a couple of the night sessions. Oh yeah, talk chatting and, and how he shared about like coming over, leaving his family, leaving his partner. Yeah, the injuries you up, picked and up, it, yeah. and the pressure that you have on you to keep performing. It's, it's this, you know, we're, we're all we're all the same, aren't we? It's yeah. just our circumstances differ. But you just perceive um, what these people are going through. Yeah. Oh, well, they're they're professionally well, paid. They'll everyone paid dreams thousands. to do that. Yeah, yeah. They'll have an inbuilt counselor. Yeah, yeah. They'll have people to go to, but they don't. No, they're just normal human beings yeah. like us. Um, Thank you, mate. So, that was the first part of my conversation with Simon Long. What did you think? We hope you enjoyed it. Check back in the next week or two where we'll be talking more about exploring alternative therapies, how Simon's training to try and help others who are struggling. Until then, he's asked us to play him out to a very particular tune that hits right for him. So enjoy, and we'll see you next time on the Mindfulness Podcast. Learned it from such a young age My needs and wants ain't important anyway When you say something's wrong I just want to make it better Oh, but I've realised That you just wanted me to listen But listen when I see you cry I can't stand what I feel inside Oh, I just want to fix you Guess I'm what they call a people behind everyone else